Hi, my name is Glory. I'm a second year student studying at the Bartlett School of Architecture in London, originally from Hong Kong. And I'm Yan Shan, a second year architecture student, and I'm into musicals, oil painting, movies, and embarrassingly into self-help and Richie Biscuits. You're listening to Designing Thoughts with the Archigals, a podcast where we talk about working and creativity, living well, the human condition with relationships, and life experiences. Before we get into the podcast, I would just like to ask for a small favor. It would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or leave a comment on our YouTube channel just to let us know how you feel about the podcast and other topics you'd be interested in hearing in. Hi everyone, welcome back to our podcast. I'm your host, Glory, and this is my co-host, Yan Shan. So today we're going to be talking about a topic that I think interests a lot of people, hopefully. Uh, we're going to be talking about personality tests, um, the different types of personality tests there are on the internet, and also just how accurate are these things and should we really trust them and just some interesting discussions we think of like regarding personality tests. So obviously, to start off with um, personality tests, the first thing is obviously the Myers-Briggs one, the 16th personality one, because I think that's the most popular one that people take. So I think it'll be nice if we just talk about like our type and kind of talk about the different letters. So this is the uh, test that has the different letters, like ENFJ type of letters. And then you kind of, they based off your uh, personality off of a different range of things. Yanshan, do you want to elaborate on the way they do it? Yeah, okay. So, so... But before that, I guess you like th- um mention the types you're gonna go through today. So it'll be like MBTI, which is a Myers Briggs, and then the Enneagram, and then Big Five strengths and weaknesses. So I think the main differences between them is that like Myers Briggs is quite yeah, it's, it's like like what Gloria said, it's like quite binary. There's only two types. So there's like sensing and intuition, um, where, and then there's extroversion versus introversion, and then there's thinking versus feeling and then judging versus perceiving. So sensing versus intuition means that you um, follow your gut more or you look around and get um, inspired by like the things around you. And then extroversion and introversion is kind of straightforward. Like you either gain energy from external things or, with, or internal things like um, within yourself. Thinking versus feeling is whether you use your head or your heart. I don't really know. <laughs> And then judging or perceiving is like whether you're organized or messy, more or less. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're more organized or like spontaneous. I think a, a, a better way to say it is like each trait is one letter, like Yan Chan said. So for example, your first letter is either E or I. So that would be introversion or extroversion. And because you have four letters that relate to your personality, but each letter only has two possible outcomes. So it's binary. And because of all the possible combinations, then you get like 16's personality out of all of these letter combinations so that's how it works so i think it might be nice to talk about our types so what's your type yansha <laughs> i am and yeah so even though previously i said that i was infp because i relate to i so i feel like upon further reflection i'm more of an enfp so you're more extroverted yeah something more like as like 16 personalities divides it more into like T and A, so you're either ENFPT or ENFPA, where T is turbulent and A is... Assertive. Yes, so I'm turbulent. But anyway, yeah, so ENFP means that I'm um, extroverted, and then intuition, feeling, and then perceiving. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you're extroverted means you gain energy from being with other people. Intuitive means that you kind of gain ideas a lot more rather than like from the outside world and like being more like sensing and observing, I guess. And then the F is like you're more feeling compared to thinking. So you're more of an emotional person rather than analytical. And then um, perspecting. Perceiving, sorry. Perceiving, perceiving means you're more you're more spontaneous than like organizing things. And then I think turbulent means that you're more prone to negative emotions, right? I think that's what it means, correct? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. And for me, I am INFJ, so it's introverted, uh, intuitive feeling and judging so the difference between us is i think i'm more introverted than you like we covered in a previous episode and i am more judging than perceiving so i am more like i like to organize things rather than being more spontaneous compared to you so yeah so do you think it's accurate yeah i look at the traits right so because we're looking this on the 16th personality test website mm-hmm. i think the the most the, like the easiest way to look at it would be to look at the strengths and weaknesses of that personality type and then i feel like i resonate with a lot of the things they're saying so like for example like uh strengths would be creative insightful principled passionate altruistic and then I feel like I can relate to a lot of these things and they kind of elaborate on each of those like adjectives. And I feel like it really resonates with me, including the weaknesses like sensitive to criticism and perfectionistic, which we did a whole episode on that because of me trying to be a perfect person. So and then like avoiding the ordinary and prone to burnout. Like I feel like it's very like I relate to almost all of them. But at the same time, like I do wonder if it's very like general terms that could be applied to other people like not everyone obviously because i know a lot of them might not be applied to you per se but i think like it could be very general things i don't know if you feel the same way like do you think it resonates with you with your personality type um so the thing is that when i read the description i think it really does resonate with me but i'm also the kind of person who like thinks that my horoscope resonates with me and things resonate <laughs> even if they don't actually resonate with me so I guess like what you're saying is like I have a very strong confirmation bias which is like mm. I think it's called like the four effect or something like that which means that uh, if I want it uh, if, I, if I see something and I would recognize the traits that correlate to it in my daily life and therefore assume that it is true so like it, I just notice that part of me more when I read about it in these tests mm. yeah so I feel like for MBTI especially that's very prominent especially because it it sounds so legit because like the when you go on 16 personalities it's like so broken down the traits and they're so specific it's like really cool to read it's really interesting to read because it i, I feel like i really like finding a place where i'm like oh my gosh this person understands me and i belong somewhere kind of thing yeah yeah i think that's really true and i think also, I think when someone gives us like a box to fit in and it kind of relates to us, like they give us a little bit of things that kind of resonates with us, we're so likely to just want to believe the whole story and fit into that box that they've given us. I think that's true. Like despite how hard we say we don't, but I think subconsciously there's like we, we want to fit into like a certain category. Like it makes sense to us, makes us feel safe in a way you know yeah also because most of the time the mbti box that you get put into is is like 
it it's so general and also all the types are good none of them are bad so like if you're whether you're sensing or intuition none of it is actually like oh it's better to be sensing than in- intuitive or it's better to be thinking than feeling so whatever box you're in like you just want to be a part of it because it's like your ideal self that's like the kind of person that you aspire to be is like the type that you got or like even within the type you got there's space for it to be like the best version of yourself which is like really good already really I never really thought about that I think I think it was just nice for me to have like something that really resonates with me like I felt like I was being understood and like I belong to a group I guess that in, in that sense it was kind of like very flattering because of like the labels are very vague and stuff but mm. I don't know like I never really thought about it being like my ideal self because if none of the types are like the best then isn't there like no ideal self anyways like what That's... makes you think that would be the ideal self though mm. maybe it's because when you answer the questions you're kind of answering based on what on the person you want to be rather than the person you are so you're answering for the your ideal self like the, your ideal version of yourself rather than for how you actually are like so you're saying that when people answer these tests like subconsciously they don't actually like input the correct answer of how they are okay i guess that makes sense because it really depends on the setting. So, like, say if you're having a good day, maybe your your test results will be different if you were in a bad day because you're essentially self-evaluating, right? So, I guess in a way that it might not... It, it cannot be completely, like, fair for a person to evaluate themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And also, quite a lot of, of um, like, scientists have reviewed it and that kind of thing. And they also found that it's actually quite easy to get a different test result like seven up to 75 percent of people who take the test get a different result the next time so it's pretty inaccurate in that sense but then again based on my personal experience when i get a different result it's also within the same realm it's never like very drastically different so also that could be just a function of how many categories there are in the my my spring spectrum in the same in the same realm you mean like oh i think is it because 16 personalities they divide like each four into one category so you're saying that you remain the same category say that's like the more what is it called it's called like it's called diplomats so it's known for their empathy diplomatic skills and passionate idealism so you stay in like the green group of people yes yeah personality yeah kind of so about for you like i think I don't think my personality changed. Like, the only two different types I got was the difference between E and I, because I, I, I identify myself as an ambivert. So I think it makes sense for the E and I to, like, swap sometimes. So mm-hmm. I was an ENFJ before, but then I became an INFJ. And I think that was, like, the only thing that changed. But, like, it made sense to me. That change made sense to me. But again, like, it also made me stay in the realm of, like, the green people like the diplomats so i guess in a way we're in the same group of like green personalities so i guess then to an extent don't you think that there's definitely to some extent like it's correct or somewhat accurate because you remain the same thing same group that's true i think more like it's helpful to me because it helps me to understand myself better but I also don't think that it's accurate as in I can 
put this up and be like, oh, this is definitely who I am. I, I do feel like to some extent, it's like the person that I want to be rather than who I am. Because I always answer with my, uh, like my ideal strengths and weaknesses in mind. Mm, so yeah. for example like okay, this is like a very fast stretch of an example but that that um like sometimes when you play games like for example the sims apparently it's like shown that like a lot of people choose um to be because you can choose your traits right so in the sims like a lot of people choose their traits to be like clumsy or like forgetful rather than very bad traits like evil or mean so like kind of like it's in the same way when you do like mbti like you I feel that like you compensate for the parts of you which are bad by like picking the bad parts which you which are less bad. Is that, does that make sense? Like you don't really answer to like the full extent. I'm not sure though. I guess so, but I don't know. Like if to me it sounds weird because I'm like if ultimately the test results are for your own individual use, then why wouldn't you want to be honest in those tests? Like, I think that's something that... or But I guess all of this might be just subconscious. There's the subconscious mind being at play. So it's hard for me to actually say that I'm not affected. You know? Yeah, that's true. I think it, you have to be pretty self-aware to answer them quite honestly. Like, very honestly. Yeah, I think also, in a sense, I feel like it's nice to get your results and, like, compare it with friends or, like, let your friends... Mm kind of tell you if it's accurate or not because i remember like one of your friends i think it was valerie the get the first guest we had on this podcast um she was telling us like her um test results and then we helped her actually she didn't know if it was accurate or not and then i kind of guessed her four letters based on how she was as a person and then we got a different result and apparently the result that i guessed was more accurate than the result that she actually got from the website itself so I feel like to some extent there's definitely I don't okay we're gonna talk about the research for this um test specifically later but I feel like to some extent like some of the, the traits that they talk about for this particular test makes sense because people can relate to it and I, I guess the traits do make sense because I think people do function in like they I mean, there's definitely a spectrum, right? There's two extremes, and, like, you always fall somewhere in the middle. And I feel like the four traits they have, the four extremes they gave us, like, it makes sense to me, like, of how a, pe- a person mm. functions. That's true. Yeah. But that's also, for example, like, the people who made the test also did it based on people that they knew. So it was, like, based on, like, oh, my friend acts this way. So I think that these are the two traits that that exist. So it's kind of, yeah, I guess that, that explains why it's, like, so relatable. But it's also... A, how the reason why it's not so accurate because it's not really based on like um psychometric theory like um like studies and stuff so mm-hmm. for for example a big criticism of the MBTI is that they're meant to be compre it's meant to be so science has to be like reliable comprehensive and oh valid and also oh there's one more independent yeah so basically it's like not very comprehensive because it misses out on emotional stability versus reactivity but they kind of compensated for that by adding turbulent and assertive which is kind of like what that what that means and it also misses out conscientiousness which is like how uh, determined you are to do something so like how much grit you have to Mm. complete something and then Mm. also it's not very uh, reliable because like, like I said like you can get a different result the second time 
and then it's also not so independent so for example thinking and feeling a lot of people consider thinking and feeling to be um, not ex not like the opposite sides of the same coin so the fact that you um, use your heart or your head is not like mutually it's not necessarily like two opposite things you can use both at the same time because people who like use logic also tend to be like more empathetic as well so it's like not necessarily separate things yeah i think it's 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 basing on the foundation that like like you only have these four traits but like i think a person is so three-dimensional that there's just so many other things that the test doesn't cover and i think it's also because with what i said like your test results can change based on where you are in life and also like your mood for the day and like how you are and what you're feeling the things you're going through on that day like your type can just drastically change if you did it today or yesterday um and i think the test runs on the the idea that like your personality remains the same for like the rest of your life or at least for a very long period of time you remain exactly the same but i don't think people are that two-dimensional you know because there's so many other factors that affect how a person is so it can't be the full of everything but i guess in a sense like people already know this to take personality tests with a grain of salt because it's not your everything mm -hmm. it's just as a reference point which i guess is mm -hmm. also sometimes why i think some people would be kind of you know against taking these type of tests they're like i know myself like why do i need another thing telling me who i am as a person you know yeah i feel like it appeals to like uni um high school age students because you're like oh i want to find myself and stuff so <laughs> it helps a lot in that sense like i feel like it helps me a lot just to like read through and think about whether i want to be this kind of person also mm. so yeah like taking it with yeah, a grain yeah. of salt not like taking it as like oh this is my type yeah actually one of the really interesting things that i think we didn't touch on is I think it's really nice to look through even to, to look at all of the different types of personalities mm. and you kind of get a grasp of like what people like how people can be as a personality type even if you've never met that person because I think mm. for us like we're I think in a way you could argue that we're really good friends because we both fall into the same uh, personality category of like the green personalities like the diplomats because we both like have high um emotional like feelings and stuff so we kind of fall in the same category but then at the same time we kind of miss out on being able to um get to know other people of other personality types from a different group because we're yeah. we're not you know we don't get along with them that well i i would think so um so yeah and i think it's just really interesting to see how people from different groups would function and i think we also did this thing where you know we would sit down and like talk about friends around us and try to guess judge. the personality type not judge i think it's nice to just like sit down and like like kind of guess and estimate and then like think about if that's actually their personality type i just thought it was a fun exercise you know just to like mm. it's almost like an observing exercise to see like what do you think how do you think this person functions and like what why do you think it makes them tick that way and then like looking at that personality type and seeing if it matches up you know, and I think that was actually a really interesting exercise, which I don't think people do this a lot. Or maybe they do, they just don't say it. Like, it's mm. just nice to see, like, other types, not just for yourself as a reference point, but also to see what other people are like as a person, yeah. personality type. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit like watching, like, reality TV, because then you you feel with, like you know someone like involved yeah yeah like, like 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 you feel like you know like oh their dating style and their and their strengths and weaknesses without actually knowing them 
which is great. I love that. Less, like, <laughs> Take what, like, but with like a pinch contact. of salt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's like the most, to me personally, it's like the most accurate personality test I've taken so far. Just because like, accurate as in, not yes. accurate as in that's how I am, accurate as in like it's useful. Okay, I wouldn't say accurate then. It's the most useful and interesting person- personality test I've taken so far. Yeah, I think because they give actually very lengthy explanations and like they try and elaborate on every word that they use for that specific type. And I think that was why it was so successful, especially for the 16th personality types website. They assign colors and characters for each personality type. so So I think it was, yeah, I think it was really nice for the people to relate. I guess the reason why MBTI is so well animated and set up is also because like apparently they charge a lot of money for it. If you want to buy like, and a lot of companies charge a lot of money. So like apparently out of the top 100 fortune companies, like 80 to 90 of them use it. So it's oh. like quite expensive and to, to get it done for your company. And and I guess it can be bad when people use it to um, choose to divide people in their jobs, like to choose whether to hire someone or not, because if it's not accurate, then it's not accurate. It's just... Yeah, I think this is where a lot of the bias comes in, right? Because that's, that's what I was talking about. Like, if you were using it for individual use, it doesn't make sense to me why it would be very biased, unless you want to show it to friends, right? But if you're doing it just for yourself, like, it doesn't make sense to me why it's biased. But again, it could be subconscious. But in a in a setting of, like, a company and doing group work, I could definitely, like, foresee people, like, altering the test results to try and, like, get the result that what they think the company wants. The company or what, wants. Yeah, yeah, or what they think their ideal self should be to suit the company. So I yeah. think in that sense, it could be like very destructive because you're trying to alter people's personalities to like try and make them like work for it. And yeah, I mean, I did read this one article saying that it was very helpful for them because um, it made, it, it figured out their group work type and like how they work. Say like if you're very dominant as like a, team worker or if you're like you like to do things yourself or you prefer to have more discussion type of things like these type of things but at the same time I feel like it it's really hard to make sure there's completely zero bias or like zero unfairness because of the way that what you think the company wants I think it will only work in a setting if like it's very open-minded and you make it very clear at the beginning that no matter which type you get it doesn't affect the outcome Mm. and like the group dynamic Otherwise, I think it's very, like, it's a slippery slope, you know? That's true. Yeah. Hmm. So, to move on to the next one, which is the Enneagram, which is based on uh, what motivates you and your fears and how you, like, your internal logic works, so how you decide what you want to go for and do instead of your tendencies, which is, like, what MBTI measures. So is it talking, it's talking more about like the things that drive you mm. to do things rather than like your core personality and like how you tick as a person, right? Yeah. So there are three main uh, drivers, either your heart, head or body. So heart means that you are driven by emotional intelligence and feelings. You value emotional support, recognition and inclusion. Hit is means that you're um it's it, you're driven by intellectual intelligence so you focus you like having like a system, and having control and security, and then body types are instinctual intelligence which focus on who want to maintain independence and limit people's control over their lives. Mm. Okay. Yeah, apparently it's like quite accurate, like seventy two percent accurate. Wait, how? Wh- proven. But why? How is it proven that it's 
they do like test retest assessments so like you take it one time then five weeks later you take it again actually oh is that how it works i was gonna i was thought they had like a whole like um measurement system to like measure how accurate it is like how do you really measure that person's <laughs> type <laughs> right i want to do that test if they have one <laughs> yeah that's why i'm like how do you how do you prove if a test is accurate without another test to or prove maybe it's you accurate? could just like um do one and then tell your friend to do one for you and then like take like five friends and oh, make them all do it for you okay. no, no I'm, I'm kidding i'm kidding that's oh. not that's not how it is but i feel like that could work <laughs> for mbti like it could work for Myers briggs i feel yeah, yeah. But, like, it says that, but scientifically, it says Myers-Briggs is not accurate. So this yeah, is a but, higher yeah. accuracy than Myers-Briggs. Yeah, based on do test retest. Do you think it's because, like, for this one, it's there's less there's less categories or, like, more simplified Ooh. than, like, Myers-Briggs? I like, to me, this is less relatable. Like, it's more vague. So maybe it could be that. Okay. Some so people they're... say that they relate to it more because it defines your motivations instead of how you appear on the outside. Okay. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. I guess this is more about like internal feelings, so it's maybe it's more relatable. Cause, yeah. Because outside, it also depends on how people perceive you, whereas this one, mm. your motivations is all about yourself. So I guess in a way, it might be easier to just see if it's accurate. That's true. Like Because you're the answers that you choose is based on what drives you. So the answer that you get will also be what drives you instead of, yeah, how people yeah. perceive you. And Makes there's sense. nine instead of sixteen. So that is true. There's I like a higher... almost half. Whoa, it's actually almost yeah, half. Yeah, half. <laughs> that that, half that makes types. it more high, likely to be accurate. Okay, that's true. We have the maths in action. Okay, um, so should we talk about the different types? Or like what your type? Do you want to talk, go into your type? Yeah. So you're if you're a type three, which is the achiever. So threes want to be successful and admired by other people, and are very conscious of their public image. Type threes fear failure and not being seen as valuable by other people. That is very me. Like I read the <laughs> description, and I'm like, that's a hundred percent me. <laughs> is it? You no, want I to be like... successful. Okay, but to be fair, I feel like do you actually want to be successful? To yourself, yeah, definitely. But you don't also don't want to be like. Um, you don't really care like if other people think that you're successful or not, do you? I think, well, I think in a way, like, I, again, like you said, like, I'm a high achiever. And then I feel like, because the thing is, successful can mean a lot, lot of different things, right? I think mm-hmm. with the word successful, I think it means successful, like, to me, like, what it means. Because yes. I think successful doesn't have to mean, like, money and fame, right? Like, it could mean different things to me. That's true. And then for mm-hmm. me... That success, if it's successful to me, then that's what matters. I think that that's kind of what it is, right? And I think mm. admired by other people is more about like to see the things I do have value. So I think mm. in a way like that makes sense to me. I think it's, it's good that you have a metric of success which is not external as well. Like even though you are high achiever, it's also to achieve your own goals. Yeah, yeah, and then conscious of public image. Well. I don't think I'm that conscious, but, like, obviously to a certain degree. Like, I feel like I want to be the person that, like, brings positivity and, like, good like good things to the table that helps other people. That's kind of what I care about, that public image, but not about, like, how glamorous, like, my life is, you know? Mm. It's very... I think it means... It can mean different things to different people, but I think in a, in, in a way, you can always phrase it like that. Mm. Like, that would be in a, like 
an, an achievers type. And then mm-hmm. continuing, they fear failure and not being seen as valuable as other people. Yeah, I fear failure a lot, and I I'm scared of not being seen as valuable by other people because I want to again like I want to have good value and like provide good value for other people and like bring good things for other people. Yeah. So yeah. And yes, for the previous episode of perfectionism, we discussed how scared of failure I am. So yeah, it's very true. Um, but I think another thing to point out with like type three is um. I, this is where it's different, right? Enneagram and MBTI. Like, I feel like another person could be an achiever as well, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I will get a- get along with them because we could have yeah. very different ideas of what success is in their mind and, like, their public image and, like, also what type of failure and value do they think is important. It's different. That's true. Yeah. I think that's interesting. That's I never thought about that. I just thought about it now. But yeah. Yeah. So what's your type? Okay, so um, I am a seven. Seven. And I'm also a very strong three, so I'm like... Which is why I feel like Enneagram is not very accurate for me because I get very high in categories which are not meant to be correlated. So I'm oh. a high seven and a high three, but I'm a highest seven. Okay, seven is enthusiast. Yep. Sevens want to have as much fun and adventure as possible and are easily bored. <laughs> Type sevens fear experiencing emotional pain, especially sadness, and actively seek to avoid it by staying busy. I can, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I am pretty easily bored. That's quite accurate. And also, I feel like, yeah, I avoid sadness a lot because I avoid confrontation, like all confrontation. Mm. And I also love staying busy. I like scheduling stuff in my schedule, even though I don't actually want to hang out with like all of them. Yeah, I think you don't want to be bored and you don't want to be like sad. You, you just want to like have fun and like do things and like stay busy. Yeah, yeah I can see that, especially in mm. architecture. You're like, yeah, I just want to, you know, just do this and then I don't, I won't be yeah. bored. Yeah. Yeah. So something else that is quite helpful for Enneagram, I think, is that they divide it into like healthy versus unhealthy types oh, yeah oh we that. should go through this for three again but anyway for seven for sevens the healthy type of sevens would see connections between their areas of interest and expertise able to focus their energy wisely in ventures that benefit something greater than themselves um they're grateful for everything that passes the good and the bad can manage the method to their madness curiosity for learning yeah but then like if i'm unhealthy i would become burnt out cynical overly critical of seemingly logical systems um, I will be irritated by other people. Oh boy! And overwhelmingly <laughs> narcissistic. And I'll feel like I'll never fully understand what I'm seeking out of life. Hmm. Damn. I kind of feel like I relate to the balance between the strength, the unhealthy and unhealthy version. Like I feel like that part is quite helpful for me. Actually, yeah, I think this is really helpful. Like you, you know how much of a good thing you you should have for your specific type yeah it's also maybe why it might be more helpful than Myers Briggs because then you have something to work towards yeah instead of and feeling they, like you're static. and they have growth tips they have growth tips on the website that's so cool I feel like for that's people true. who who want to look at their types this is actually really nice to look at you know yeah because the growth tips are pretty relatable as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah be willing to grow to go deep 
we're going very deep active listening that's what we're doing now this podcast is helping you learn to see do get comfortable with solitude omg this was like something that i had to work on the whole of last summer to this year (laughs) (laughs) quarantine quarantine helped i think that's what i told you too i think like being comfortable with being alone is such an important trait that gets overlooked in our modern society because everything is like so fast paced. It's all like yeah. go go go, like do it do it do it. And, like, and also like if you're down. alone, you suck. Like you should be hanging out yeah, with people right should, now. Yeah, you should be like having the time of your life. You should be like having a social life and like doing cool yeah. things, and not be alone because that's a waste of time, and you're easily bored. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Learn to see the value of pain. Uh... Yeah. Okay, should we look at three? Yeah, we could go back. Okay. I can read it. So, when they are he- healthy, threes are driven, kind, and willing to lend a helping hand, can push organizations to new uncharted territories, uh, natural charisma, they succeed in the workplace, highly adaptable, can inspire others, and have a witty sense of humor and goofy side. Do I? Can, Do I have I can that? prioritize their work-life balance, organized, and willing to take constructive feedback. I feel like some parts of this are very strongly reflected in, like, how you are now. Oh, thank you very much. Like, I don't... organized, constructive feedback. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure about the witty sense of humor. I think goofy... you have a goofy side. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think you do. Thank you. I don't know. I never think that I'm a funny person, you know. I think that's one of my biggest fears. Like I'm always scared that I'm a bored <gasps> person. So oh. I never I never correlate myself with having a sense of humor. It's almost like on this podcast, like I always feel like you're the goofy one and I'm like the very like, you know, sit down, like calm type of person. Mm. But yeah, I think it's nice to have a sense of humor. At least I hope that I can. I I mean, I don't think I'm that boring right but i wouldn't go far stretch to say that i'm a funny person in general is what i would Mm, say yeah okay unhealthy extremely jealous (laughs) i don't think i'm extremely jealous okay they are extremely jealous and view every interaction in terms of a competition maybe prone to one-upping others seek approval and reassurance they begin to despair and shut down okay this is true though once driven, go better, <laughs> becomes lazy, unfulfilled, and prone to developing low self-esteem. Oh. Eventually, they may choose to re- reject their sense of self and develop intense mood swings. Many achievers report feeling like a hollow shell after years of curating an image of who they'd like to be can lift to major, major shifts in their career, relationship, or lifestyle. At their worth, they're backstab ruthlessly and destroy others' reputations solely for their own benefit. Okay, the last sentence is never going to happen. I would never backstab another person um, because I think I've been backstabbed. So I don't think I would want to go and do that to another person. That's just very low. But a lot of the things I think um, are relatable. I think it's a very extreme case. Like, I feel like Mm. I can sense very small seeds of them in my head, Mm. but it doesn't go to that extreme. Yeah, no, but I, I, mean, think... I can definitely see you like developing low self esteem. I know that's very prone. Very, pr- yeah, yeah, very prone. But yeah, other than that, like, I think the extremely jealous and like um, the hollow shell thing is like very extreme. Like I, I don't think I felt that extreme. So yeah, only if I'm very unhealthy, I guess. Hmm. 
and then but I think you do like seek approval and reassurance I do I do that a lot I think it also has to do with the whole perfectionism thing like seeking validation from other people just to like prove my value so yeah, yeah. that's a very reoccurring thing in my personality <laughs> I think yeah and then growth tips slow down active listening embrace vulnerability examine thoughts and feelings and practice mindfulness i think i'm doing a lot of these things already like i'm really trying actually before i even read this i'm already actively trying so i guess i'm trying to be healthy a healthy type three so yeah yeah. to be fair like i get why people think uh it can be true that these are very general because for example i relate to this a bit as well so as well it's like it could apply to me if i wanted it to well, do you think, is there, like, one that doesn't apply? I think, okay, so type 1 is perfectionist, and then, like, I can say that I I relate to that as well, you know? Like, the giver, the achiever, individualist, investigator, skeptic, enthusiast, challenger, peacemaker. Like, I feel like all of us has a little bit of each. Yeah. In all of them. So, yeah. I think you could argue that it's kind of general, but... Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, isn't it a bit far-fetched to say that we only identify with one type? That's true. Like, I feel like we can be all of these things, you know? And again, like what you said with MBTI, like Myers-Briggs, like, all of them are, like, good in their own way. So, yeah, it's not, like, it, isn't it also nice for everyone to, like, try and learn traits from other types and not just be so fixated on, like, being this one thing and saying, that's me and, you, you know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think with everything, like, it sounds so cringe, but it's, like, moderation. As long as you don't become, you don't hang on to it as, like, part of yourself and then refuse to let go and see it as, like, the end all. Like, oh, I'm this type. I cannot change. Like, I guess that's why Enneagram is good because it gives you, like, a growth mindset because, like, you can still be the best version of your type. You don't have to stay stick in your type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's good. And you can look at other types and look at the different... um, yeah traits and then yeah see what like what parts are you lacking that you think you can help you grow i yeah, think that's I think really it's, nice. it's pretty interesting to read about the types well because sometimes you just don't know that people like that exist yeah yeah i think that was really good actually i think this might be one of the best things that came the out best, of like yeah biggest personality pro of... test yeah biggest pro is like seeing the different types and see that other people like this exist i think that's a really good point yeah hmm. okay. and then so, to move on to the next one, which is strengths and weaknesses, which you kind of touched on just now. So, strengths and weaknesses is like a pretty straightforward test. Like, you, it, you just answer a bunch of questions and it'll give you your top strength five. Strengths and weaknesses. It'll, it'll rank your strengths to your weaknesses. And mm. it talks about um, how you're like based on these traits, I guess. Mm. So, like, something that we mentioned just now, that you think that your humor is low. Like, humor is my number one strength, apparently. <laughs> but I feel like when I did the strength and weaknesses test, it was the most who I want to be rather than who I am. Like, I felt like it was the hardest to answer the questions. Mm. Like, you want to be very... a funny person. Yeah. And I want to be someone who's, like, curious and intellectually stimulated and stuff instead of... And I want to be someone who's like a power boss lady instead of someone who's like vulnerable. So I just chose those answers. Oh, okay. So you're actively calling yourself out on the bias that you're. Yeah, I feel like have. for this test, it was the most obvious. I okay, don't know. so do you want to say your top five traits? Yeah, so my top five are humor, curiosity, 
kindness, love of learning, and gratitude. I wouldn't say I'm very great grateful. I think okay. I'm definitely more grateful than like I actively yeah. <laughs> I actively repeat about how grateful I am for like so many things. <laughs> so, but I mean it's a good trait. So yeah. I think the only thing that I'm a bit skeptical is like the humor. And not that I'm saying you're not a funny person, <laughs> but like I wouldn't say it's my best trait. I, I yeah, I wouldn't say, say it's your best trait. Let's let's. I'm put a stand-up comedian. Yeah. So I'm not sure why is that. Probably because I wanted to be a funny person. <laughs> to answer the questions that I was so funny. I will come to your stand-up comedy shows if you actually <laughs> pursue it. But yeah, I feel like curiosity and your love of learning probably are like your strongest traits, like in my opinion, like from an outsider's point of view, I would say. Thanks. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. What so, were your top five? So my top five is kindness, forgiveness, mm. love, love of learning, and gratitude. It's very in the same the same realm. Like, yeah. it's all the same, except for love of learning would be and vaguely different, but all of them are kind of in the same, like, kindness, forgiveness, yeah. love, and gratitude are kind of all in the same category. But I feel like I'm just, like, I feel like I'm a person with such a big heart for, like, feeling and emotional yeah. things, so yeah. I'm not very surprised at these traits, right? Like, you agree with all of them. Yeah, well. and I feel like, this is a strange observation, but I kind of feel like the stuff that happened to you before, like the stuff that was bad, really made you become a much more forgiving and kind and loving person. Yeah, so... Like it changed you, like a few events in your life have made you become like the super boost, like boosted your feeling to become like very extreme. Yeah, I think, I guess in a way you could say it could be good and could be bad. Like I became a very highly sensitive person that I think it's just, I feel changes in like, people's energy and especially like emotional wise like a lot more like it could be mm. good it could be bad because it leads to overthinking right but at the same time it also makes me a very like caring person like to try to yeah. make sure everyone's like feeling okay and things and i appreciate yeah. the small things a lot more which is where gratitude comes in like i appreciate a lot of things that happen that people kind of take for granted which makes my life more i guess i romanticize it more i guess so it's a better for me like experience it, experiencing it too. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Okay. My top lowest were self-regulation, fairness, teamwork. What? I want to be a team player. Prudence <laughs> and love. Love. So, yeah, love is at the bottom. So for me, and yeah, so you can go through your bottom traits first. Okay. Because I think it's quite funny. So my bottom traits are... Le- Shouldn't we talk about your traits first? Because, like, we're going to forget what your traits are. Oh, good to do. <laughs> I'll, okay. cut, I'll cut this out. <laughs> okay. So, self-regulation. Um, yeah, like, I am very... I don't stick to the schedule. I don't. Yeah, you're spontaneous. Do it's like with the Myers-Briggs. To. You're spontaneous. Yeah, so I have low self-regulation. Fairness. I think I'm fair. Okay, maybe I'm not that fair. Like, I... You have bias. You just know. you just said that this test was like based off of the bias you have. So that's true. I am pretty biased. I feel like when I treat people like not the same, <laughs> depending <laughs> on whether I like them or not. Oops. And then teamwork. Uh, I think I do like working on my own. Like I just because mm-hmm. I I think part of it is because I'm so last minute that working on my own is just preferable to working in a team. So yeah. prudence, okay. which is being careful about others' f- feelings. So. Yeah, maybe oh. I don't care that much. And then love. Um, you don't love so anyone. Love was, 
I don't know what love stands for. I can maybe read this. It says love wait. is valuing close relations with others, in particular those in which sharing and caring are reciprocated. Being close to people. That's so weird. I feel like you See, have. Yeah, I think this is okay. This is like let's talk about the bad things of this test. Like it's first of all, it's very vague. They give you like a list of how many are there. They're twenty five, right? Twenty four. Yeah. Sorry, there's twenty four traits. They rank them in terms of like how much you have, and the thing is, all of these traits are positive traits. So at oh, some point, definitely some of yeah. the positive traits has to be in the bottom, right? But then yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that you lack in those traits because. I think you're a good team, like teammate. Like you can work in a team pretty well, and then also, like you can't say you don't have love for people. Like, come on, like that's just okay. But it could be my possible. lowest. I feel like I'm not very loving, um, empathetic. Like when really? it comes to things like, oh, uh, I think you should like go with your sister to do this thing because it's her first time and blah 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 then I'll be like no I did it by myself like why does she need to why does she need me to go with her so maybe oh, that's kind okay. of thing like I feel like a lot of things I wouldn't I, I don't know but at the same time I also am pretty empathetic when it comes to like other things like yeah, giving I to charity like so it's different okay charity is a different story but I feel like in general like with other people I feel like you're empathetic at least from like our interactions I feel like you are which is, again, why these tests would be taken with a grain of salt. But, yeah, it's just yeah. weird that it's just you're... Your, it's just my lowest, I guess. Yeah, it's just weird because your lowest is love, and love is, like, one of my top five. So, yeah. it's just weird. Okay, so moving on to my bottom five, it is leadership, which I kind of a little bit disagree, but, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> leadership, teamwork, again, same as you. Um, prudence, the same as you. And also zest which is apparently approaching life with excitement and energy, not doing things halfway or half-heartedly, feeling alive and activated. Um, okay, I don't really agree with that, but okay. <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> my last one is humor. <laughs> so it's like yeah. your top trait is like my bottom trait. Maybe that's why people don't like this test, because it makes you, you're like, no, no, like, I, we all get yeah, so defensive. Yeah, I think people get <laughs> Just really because it's like, yeah, because it's your lowest doesn't mean it's you're bad at it. Yeah, I, I because the thing is, some traits just have to be at the bottom. Like you can't yeah. not have traits at the bottom. But I yeah. guess, but I think in a way, it makes you see like how what which traits are the most important to you according to this test. And you can kind of mm-hmm. look at it. But I mean, obviously, if you have to let me pick between leadership and kindness, like I will pick kindness over leadership any day like I think kindness is way more important than leadership at least for me like from a personal point of view you know so yeah Yeah. I would like I would put all of the things that I got from the bottom underneath the ones I got for the top so it makes sense to me in a way but it doesn't mean that that person doesn't have the skills to achieve those things because what if this person was also like what if this person was good at a lot of things like yeah but then they they still have to have bottom skills even though their bottom could technically still be better than someone's top skills. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if someone got bottom for leadership, and someone got top for leadership, but that person who got leadership at the bottom could still be better than them, because that's just yeah, not important to them. <laughs> I, okay, this is very, like, uh, hard to say, but in a yeah, way... Because, I get what you mean, though. Yeah. Like, also, it could just be that they want to be that kind of person, which yeah, is what I think. Yeah, and because it's also, like, self, 
assessed, right? So it could be yeah. biased again. So yeah, yeah, it's just very, yeah. I feel like with this test, I'm not that um sure about it. It wasn't very helpful. It wasn't helpful. Like it, like if you look at it, it doesn't help in a sense that when you look at like when you did the Myers Briggs or Enneagram, you can say, oh, this could help me think about how I would work in like. How, how I should behave or what what things I should look for in terms of my personality in life, work, career, school, or when I talk to friends. Whereas with this one, I don't really know how this helps me in any way. Like, you know, like even at work, like how does knowing that my leadership is at the bottom helps, helps me? It, it doesn't really help me, you know? So I don't yeah. really feel like it helped me that much. It was just kind of like a short test you would do if you're bored to, mm. Yeah. That's kind of how I think about it. Okay. Yeah. I think this is pretty similar for the next one as well, which is the big five personality. Was also which apparently okay. All this clinical stuff is based on Adam Grant's essay, which we'll link at the bottom. But it's really good. He wrote like a series of essays about why MBTI sucks. So <laughs> he wrote he writes that the big five personality traits is like the most rooted in scientific evidence, and mm. for, so like the way that they did it was they examine languages like for example they examine all the a lot of english adjectives and group them into different groups to to like so that they'll cluster them around uh, different traits mm. so so like they use genetic evidence and fmri data i don't know what that means but very you know, scientifically mm. based so how this one works is that you're ranked on five different metrics um which can be put as ocean which is openness conscientiousness extroversion agreeableness and neuroticism hmm. yeah so so openness is imagination and insight and then abstract thinking challenges conscientiousness is thoughtful good impulse control goal-directed behaviors and then extroversion is excitability sociability outgoing gain energy in social situations and then agreeableness is trust altruism kindness affection cooperative and neuroticism is sadness moodiness and Emotion, emotional instability so mm. yeah you get graded not graded sorry you get a score on each of these traits and then see how much of a score you have for all of them yeah i thought that this one was not very insightful because it just gave you a score a score on like how high you were on each trait it didn't really have anything to compare against so i wouldn't know if someone was more um, like open than me, how how they would be like, or like like it didn't really help. Yeah, just, yeah. They yeah. just gave you an average score of people who took the test, but like that's yeah. it. They don't really like. There, I don't really think it it's helpful for us to like show our results because it doesn't really help. It's just a percentage of like what score you got for each of the mm-hmm. traits, so it's not that helpful. But I think the only good thing that well, a good thing that came out of us doing the test, like the two of us is seeing how higher my scores are for, like, <laughs> all of them. So, like, for example, for, um, for, let's see, for uh, agreeableness, like, Yanshan got 60% and I got 90%. And then for openness, Yanshan got 83 and I got 98 And actually, for three of my scores, I got 90-something percent. And then most yeah. of the scores Yanshan's got were, like, 60s and 50s and 40s. And... Yeah. And then when I got my results, I asked, like, why are my scores so high? And then I realized the thing is because I picked a lot of extremes 
to like the side because they give you a scale of how much you agree with that specific statement right Mm -hmm. and then so i tend to pick the ones that are like way higher up so i agree to that statement to the fullest and then that would in return give me like a very high score but Mm -hmm. i feel like okay this is one of the bias i have with this test is that different people have different measures of the thing. I think this is the thing with a lot of the tests, is that each person's measurement scale is different to another person. So this person thinking that he's very outgoing might be different to this person thinking he's not as outgoing. But actually, the person who's yeah. not as outgoing could be more outgoing than the person who thinks yeah. they're very outgoing. Just because it's so self- self-assessed, self like what you said just now. Yeah, so it's just very hard to th- like, think about Like, you need to compare it against. Yeah, and like comparing our results, I don't think you're less open than me per se but mm. i got a very high score because i put agreeable to a lot of them because i feel like it's like i think i have a tendency to think that if you put neutral for a lot of things it's bad because you're okay this i think this might be the subconscious thing that's just coming out now that i feel like if you put neutral for a lot of things your trait is not as obvious so maybe i tend to like make it more extreme based yeah. on the test yeah yeah uh, but also it, it could just be that the version of the test that we did, because it because there are many versions of the Big Five personality test that you can take, is like a not very great version because it is a free online test. Like there yeah. are also ones which you pay for. Yeah, I think all better. these tests like you can pay for them. So yeah. we, we just got the free them. ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More accurate. Yeah, but to me, I, like you said, like I don't think this is as helpful just because they gave you a score. Like if you compare this to say Myers Briggs and Enneagram. Like, they actually gave you a lot of explanations and elaborated on all of the adjectives that they used to describe your type. And I felt like that was really helpful for a person to know really, like, what type they are and how they could use that to in their everyday life. If, well, it's not that relevant, but it was it's nice to have a more of an explanation, you know? Whereas these ones yeah. are just scores and it doesn't really mean anything, numbers. Because people resonate with words a lot more, I think. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But also, we didn't pay for the entire unlocked report, which might have been useful. Who knows? Yeah. Like, it goes into, like, a whole thing, but I did not do that. Yeah, but I mean, I think we're speaking for the majority of people who do personality tests that don't pay for it. I feel like you only pay for it if it's, like, company or whatnot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So... Do you still think, like, Myers-Briggs was your favorite out of all the tests? Like, you thought it was the most useful. Like, which one do you think was the most useful one? Yeah, I think Myers-Briggs is the most useful and serves my purposes of doing this for fun and to find out about mm-hmm. how other people think. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so, too. I think Myers-Briggs is, like, sort of, like, the most entertaining ones. Because mm. they give you scenarios as well and sort of, like, what how you behave in certain situations. And their explanations are quite good. Like, I know despite the fact that it's not um, scientifically backed up and researched thoroughly, but I feel like as a test, like you said, for fun and individual use, I think it would be the one that I'm most, like, happy to take and, like, learn all the different types that people have and learn about other people as well. Yeah. But I guess also to conclude, I think, like, people just like taking personality tests as a way to, like, relate um, you, obviously, you can kind of relate this to, like, astrology, like, your horoscopes, and it can be very general and typical, and people can just relate to them. But I think at the same time, it's very, it's useful to a certain extent for ca- characterizing people and yourself and where you slot in. But obviously, 
it's really important to know that you can't really categorize every single person to a certain category because everyone's different. But to a certain degree, it's helpful to just look at the different personality types to get to know yourself and how other people work. And I think that would be like my main takeaway from personality tests to like know how other people function in the world and how you are perceived as like a functioning type. Yeah. Yeah. But um, something else I wanted to talk about was whether you think this is not good if people use it to categorize people in jobs or in school. So for example, if you don't get a job just because you're not a particular type. So like us doing the test and talking about it also perpetuates the test, which is might not be a good thing. So I've done a lot of job um, mm-hmm. assessments and I always fail the personality evaluation part. How like, can you I don't fail know. Them? I just don't How know what's wrong. Like, I don't, as in, I don't get into the next round after that. So, like, my personality doesn't oh. match the job. So, oh. I, I just don't know why my personality doesn't match the job. And I feel oh. like it's quite limiting because I feel like I would be a good worker. Yeah. I don't know. Your teamwork's the yeah. bottom five traits, so that must be yeah, why you be. didn't... It could be, to be fair. Really? I've said that for, yeah. f- for like, jokes, but okay. But I do answer tests, like, in the same way. So maybe teamwork oh. is one of my best I never... Traits. You never told me that. That's actually really weird and interesting that you yeah. could fail a personality test. But I think it's because think I apply to very similar, like, management consults and roles, which are require one type of personality so i'm sure i won't feel all personality tests is the one for this particular yeah i guess in a way like when you say that we're kind of perpetuating like personality tests but i feel like for us we're speaking from a sense of like just using it for fun and like individual use we're not like Mm -hmm. saying how this helped team building exercises or like how this helped our company thrive you know so i think in that sense it's like not as bad um But yeah, I I really don't see how companies should be using this to like fail people for like not matching their personality types. Like, because the world can't function with just one type, right? Like even with like one company, I feel like if it's all ran on one personality type or like two, it's just not as diverse, you know? Yeah. So you can have a preference. And I feel like teams are better when they have a mix of people. Yeah. I mean, you can have a preference, but I don't think it should be like the only um like uh example you set for yeah. everyone else yeah but then again it's like all this hiring issues like obviously the people who hire are the people who succeeded therefore they want people who are like them to to mm. be below them to like succeed them so it like perpetuates yeah. like this toxic circle i guess yeah but at some point you have to make a change and like because cause the thing is, if you keep following the same pattern, then you can never have, like, a breakthrough, right? Yeah. Even with, and like, think... hiring people, like, you... Yeah, I just feel like... Because people work in different conditions, then you can't just expect... And plus, it's like it's like what I said, that personality type, like, changes, and also it works for different people in different ways. Like, it's like Enneagram. You can have that type, but your core personality could be different. And even with M- Myers-Briggs, like, you can have that personality type, but what drives you to work is com- can be completely different to That's true. another personality type. So it's just, it's different. You can't yeah. just pinpoint. It's never conclusive. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's not, like, your entire personality. Yeah. But it's guess, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a good point to, to end on, that it's not your, not the whole of you. So yeah. you're always special. Yeah, endorse my glory. Yeah. 
All right. So that's all for this episode. And thank you for listening. And we hope that was interesting for you. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.